This is incredible. Not so incredible as what happened next. But we all split up again. I went upstairs with you. Yes, you, Mrs. White. And while I was in the master bedroom, you hurried downstairs and turned off the electricity, got the rope from the open cupboard and throttled Yvette. You were jealous that your husband was stripping Yvette. That's why you killed him, too. Yes. Yes, I did it. I killed Yvette. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it, flame, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breaths. In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Warbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 1985. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. All right, our last movie for the month is Clue. came out December 13th, 1985. It was rated PG. Directed by Jonathan Lynn, who also directed My Cousin Vinny, The Distinguished Gentleman, and The Whole Nine Yards. Uh, produced by a whole slew of people, including John Landis and John Peters. Uh, John Peters did Caddyshack, Rain Man, uh, Batman. Uh, produced those, not directed them. Uh, it was written, but oh, it also was produced by Deborah Hill, who did Halloween, Escape from New York, Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, it was written by John Landis, who did Animal House, Blues Brothers, and The Three Amigos. Uh, and Jonathan Lynn helped write it as well. Music by John Morris, who also did the music for Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Dirty Dancing, and Spaceballs. The budget was $15 million. The box office was $14.6 million. Missed it by that much. Starring Eileen Brennan as Mrs. Peacock, who was in The Sting, Private Benjamin, and lots of TV shows. Uh, Tim Curry, don't know who he is, played Wadsworth. He was in Rocky Horror Picture Show, Legend, Hunt for Red October, Three Musketeers, and pretty much everything else. It. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Pennywise. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, Madeline Kahn was Mrs. White. Uh, she was in Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. I'm sorry, Frankenstein. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is Professor Plum, who is in Back to the Future, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, Taxi, the TV show, and The Addams Family. Uh, Michael McKean as Mr. Green, who is in This is Spinal Tap, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind. Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard, was in Mr. Mom, and was Roseanne's boss on the Roseanne TV show. Leslie Ann Warren was Miss Scarlet, uh, was in Victor Victoria, and was Janie's mom in the Aerosmith video for Janie's Got a Gun. Uh, Colleen Camp was Yvette. She was in Battle for the Planet of the Apes, My Blue Heaven, and Wayne's World. Uh, Lee Ving, as Mr. Body, was in Flashdance, and he produced a song for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give this one a 62%. The audience gives it a 87%. And Ebert gave it two out of four stars. Six strangers are invited to a mansion. They don't know why. They don't know by whom. They don't even get to use their real names. Then people start dying. Every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. 
but only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! What? Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Sit Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's well, a matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Huh. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. 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 Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Let us in! Let us in! Let us out! Let us out! Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. <laughs> in the movie that makes a scene of the crime. So who did it? Clue. It's not just a game anymore. Some of the background I have for this one is uh, this was shown with three possible endings. They filmed uh, three or four different endings. One they decided not to go with at all, but depending on what theater you saw this in, apparently newspapers were printing the showtimes with clue A, clue B, and clue C, and depending on which one you went to go see, you saw a different ending to the movie. If you saw this when it came to home video, either on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, they have included all three endings at the end. Um... One thing, actually later on in my list, somewhere says the multiple endings may have kept people away and some people have blamed the low box office on that because people were just too confused about which one to go see. Carrie Fisher was supposed to be the original Miss Scarlet, but she dropped out to enter rehab right before the movie started filming. That would have been... That would have been... Very different. Awesome. It would have been awesome and maybe weird. Awesome. Professor Plum says he works for the United Nations organization in the World Health Organization, which spells out you know who. Uh, Lynn, Jonathan Lynn, did not, did, he didn't want to do a clue movie, but Landis um, apparently offered him a chance to fly first class to Los Angeles, which he had never done before, so he thought that would be kind of cool. And apparently, Landis had an overly enthusiastic pitch for the movie that involved him jumping up on top of furniture in his office and waving his arms around and trying to explain the whole scene at the end where the butler is running around crazy and explaining everything, so that won Jonathan Lynn over. Uh, Landis originally tried to get the playwright Tom Stoppard, uh, the musical writer Stephen Sondheim, and actor Anthony Perkins, who played Norman Bates in Psycho, uh, tried to get the three of them at different points in time to help write part of the script. Uh, Stoppard got stuck trying to write the ending, and he said, forget it, I quit. And Sondheim and Perkins apparently wanted too much money, so the studio said no. Um, Lynn originally wanted uh, a couple of British actors to play, including Rowan Atkinson. They wanted him to play Wadsworth, but the studio felt that he was too unknown in the States at that point. And the one that I didn't know, because apparently I don't pay attention to anything, is that Tim Curry had a massive stroke in 2012 and has mostly done only voiceover work since then. Yeah. Yeah, it's There was a painful. picture that, uh, that surfaced online right around the Tony Awards this year. Because okay. he, he, he received a Tony Award. I saw that picture, yeah. And uh, also then, like, everyone was like, he had a stroke? Oh, yeah. my God. And, and he doesn't look great in the picture, yeah. which is very sad. Tim Curry is... That one. Well, yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. the button. Okay. Yeah, that picture. For those of you on listening to the show who can't see the picture, um, there is a picture if you Google search Tim Curry. Um, Lifetime Achievement Award at the Tonys. Okay. Lifetime Achievement Award at the Tonys. But, yeah, but I think... I mean, he's been in a few movies since then as, like, cartoons, mm-hmm. as a voice actor. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like... He's been at least his voice has been able to recover. I don't know about his mobility or anything else, but it sounds like at least that has been able but to I, he's, recover. He's, 
in a wheelchair now. Yeah, he's lost the use of I think one of his legs. Okay. And he had a lot of he lied. Yeah, excuse me. He had a hard time memorizing lines. Was the story? Okay. After the stroke, and so voiceover work, he right script on a stand yeah. in front of you and go crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I am intrigued by the fact that Tom Stoppard passed on this because it's perfect for him mm-hmm. as a writer. That would that apparently right up his alley. In, in all the notes, it said that he just kept writing. He kept trying to figure out the ending to this. He had all the pieces to it, but he kept trying to figure out. Well, how do I explain the ending of this? And he just finally got to a point where he said, "No, nah, forget it." I, I give up. I've That's tried, crazy. and I can't come up with something that would be worth doing, so forget it. Hmm. And someone came along and wrote three endings for it. Right. Well, right. And there you go. All of which makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, and you, you feel like if they had tried, they probably could have written a few more. Because I think you could have... They blame it on Peacock and Scarlet. And then everybody. And then everybody. I feel like you could have at least... There was one more one day. I'm watching the movie and I'm like... You could have made a case for... It'll come to me. I think it might be Colonel Mustard. Because I think he's the only other one that ties in to everybody. It's tough to make a case for Mrs. White tying her in to some of these people. But Colonel Mustard... You can tie to everyone, albeit loosely. I mean, right. someone else has a reach to begin with. But I think he's the other one you could make a case for, and I wonder if that's the ending they cut. I could be. Because yeah. it's the only other one that almost <clears throat> makes sense. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't find anything that said what the fourth ending was, but yeah. apparently they all looked at it and they all just said, no, I this really one doesn't wish work. I could see that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I will start out by admitting I had never seen this movie before. Which astounds me. Yeah. No, are never. Not because not because of that so much. It's just you as a person. This mm-hmm. is perfect for oh, you. Oh, I thought this was hilarious. Yeah, I loved it. But no, I had never seen this movie before. Um, I don't know if I just, as a kid or as a teenager or even as an adult, I just looked at it and like, Clue, really? How do you make a movie out of a board game? Because they did such a great job with Battleship, and I, I don't know. I mean, how do you how do you do that? So it just never really. Tim, knowing that Tim Curry was in it, that intrigued me. I'm like, okay, I got to give this a try someday. But I think I just, well, I just, I just kept passing on it. Is, it is exceptional. Oh yeah. I mean, when you look at it, it's an ensemble cast of amazing, mm-hmm. amazing talent. Yeah, Michael McKean, Christopher which, Lloyd, Madeline Kahn. You know, just, it just keeps going. When I first saw the movie as a kid, you you don't pick up on those things, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're lucky if you can make a connection. Like, hey, this guy was in that as well, right? Um, but look, as an adult, when you look at, at that at that group of talent that they put together for this movie, it's just some of the greatest comedic minds of the time are, are all in the same room at the same time. Yeah. The fact that more... If this movie was made today, more of the A Mighty Wind, Best in Show people would be involved in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. The fact that Michael well, McKean's the they've... only one in there is kind of surprising. This is their style. This is their movie. They've been trying to make this movie again. There apparently has been a remake that they've been working on for the last can, few years. I don't know that you can do it again. It's, no. it's all teenage kids. Oh, like no. it's it's like some kind of Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, no. something. Yeah. Like this is one I'm not sure you can redo. Mr. Green. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm going to go home and sleep with yeah. my wife. Right, 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 right. Okay, now I, I knew I'd recognize him from somewhere. 
Jeff, you say that some of the best comedic minds and all that. And I think that's, it, likewise, it's the first time I've seen the movie. I've maybe seen, before I watched it for this, I'd seen like two or three minutes of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, never man. seen Clue. And, um, I mean, you got Chris Lloyd, you have Eileen Brennan, you right. have Madeline Kahn, for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. It's too, like, and I think and Tim Curry, for that matter. I mean, is all the scenes where they just all pull them off so well. Like the humor. They, it's just pulled off really well. You know, where they're like saying they, they, something at the same time or. They're doing something. They're all moving. They just work to, very well together. To take a, a movie that only that has such a small cast, it's got to be so difficult. And the fact that they got a, a cast of people that they just understood the movie mm-hmm. from like from the minute they started, the this ensemble cast just they understood every element of this movie, which is why it it worked. Is they, they they knew how serious they needed to be. They knew how farcical it needed to be because it's a farce, and they knew just how to, how to play it out correctly. And with a cast this small, it is almost like an old fashioned stage farce. And I'd love to see if they shot the set, the some set of it. is amazing because yeah. you have so many doors, ins, outs, yeah. entrances, and exits, and, and the double entendre. The only thing it's missing is a young ingenue in her underwear. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want to look at the, at what makes a, a stage farce a stage farce, lots of doors, lots of double entendre, fast dialogue, and a young ingenue in her underwear. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's not. And you get a little close. And, and you get the close. With the French with, maid outfit yeah. is very close. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I think that as the movie was going on, that's what it reminded me of. Is it reminded me of a lot of the Mel Brooks movies. Like and I knew that there were a couple yeah. people in here that had been that in were, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Frankenstein. Um, that had been in those movies. And as the movie's going along, just those little those little quick asides tips, yeah. and the quick little quips and the yeah and the and then the very end where you're just running all over the place trying to run through you know oh here's how it happened well this is well I was in the hallway because I was there and I know it and, I, and then they're just doing you know all this manic stuff. What was right. it that they were all smelling to see if they stepped in dog poop? Yeah, or something. Tim Curry. Tim Curry's character is the first one that you see in the movie. First one walks in the house. He's the one that actually steps in the dog poop. Okay. And then it it becomes the gag for the next yeah. couple people that enter the house. Is all of a sudden he's by them and 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 they then then, <laughs> then they you know look at their own shoes because they can smell it. Right. Okay. okay. There's just one thing that confused me. One thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a fun movie. It was just a fun. Mike gets out of this movie. This, mm-hmm. this, was it this past summer? Yeah, how did yeah, they this like past it? Summer. They liked it. They watched it actually again within a couple weeks. And okay. I think even maybe one more time down the road a little bit, but they watched it. And I look back because there's a lot of little, I mean, there's a lot of little right. PG, but I'm sitting there going, because mm-hmm. yeah. you saw PG and you just thought, oh, it's cool. It's, it's a 1984 Nobody can get in that position. Uh, sure, they, sure they can. Let me show you. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of that. And some of it, I think, you know, because it just seemed to go over their head a bit and mm-hmm. some of it, didn't, <laughs> but it wasn't like over the. It wasn't horrible, but it was just definitely a little bit of you know. There was a moment, uncomfortable moments where you're like, mm-hmm. some of the well, jokes in this movie. Yeah, are, yeah. Then there was the, the, it was the you you lure men to their deaths like a spider with flies. Flies, flies are where men are most vulnerable. <laughs> right. That's right. And then like a minute later, she knees the guy in the crotch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> some of the lines in, in the movie that you know just. Even I think what was the one today, the one about uh, when Jag- Jagger Hoover calls, and he's like, and, and the joke is, you know, he's on everyone else's phone. Why shouldn't he be on mine? Like, <laughs> right. I, oh, yeah, I yeah. never yeah. thought like yeah. wiretapping. Mm-hmm. 
That it, it just occurred to me today. But I, politics oh. was just a red herring, yeah. right? The communism, 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 was communism, communism was just a red herring, socialist, socialist. socialist. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody's perfect. Everybody <laughs> makes mistakes. I can explain everything. One, two, was you don't have to. What was it? I uh, man, I'm used to something with dealing with talking or working with and then he says uh, well I work for the United Nations oh yeah so, no, no, uh, I, I have that that's one of my uh, yeah. that's one of my quotes uh, Professor Plum you were once a professor of psychiatry specializing in helping paranoid and homicidal lunatics yeah, yeah. suffering from delusions of grandeur yes but now I work for the United Nations so your work has not changed yes so I did want to bring up that this movie is very reminiscent of an older movie called Murder by Death Yes, mm-hmm. Murder by Death. And if you've yeah. never seen Murder by Death, it's no, definitely one yes. worth watching. You haven't seen that one? That had also like a lot of classic, famous... It was a, it's you know, famous detectives cast, that get brought together the part, yeah. at the big creepy house to try to solve the crime. 70-something, I think it was. I it was, remember it was that right before Alec Guinness went on to do My brother, Wars. if you heard this, would make fun of this, because I, as a little child, was brought to the theater to see that movie. Okay. And I and it's and it's a comedy. It's a, a kid, Steve, you don't know it's, it's a Neil Simon. Simon. That explains yeah. a lot. I uh, I was I, I believe I cried during that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm you know, James Cromwell's first movie. Okay. I think Brennan's also in that. Peter uh, yeah, Peter, Peter, Brennan, Peter, uh, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Yeah. Peter Sellers. Yeah. yeah. James Coco. There's a weird David Niven. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You see Truman Capote. Truman Capote. It's on the list, man. Yeah, all, I love when they're all gathering, the whole opening and stuff. It was fine, but then once stuff ever happened, I just think I remember crying and hiding in my seat in the theater. My dad's like, there's six, there's seven of us there. You know, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not leaving for you. But I, I, I watched the credits. When I watched Clue this morning, I watched the credits to see if there was anything you know, based on... Mm-hmm. The story by Neil Simon, or based on the movie uh, written by Neil, and it doesn't—it's not credited at all that I that I could see as being an influence. But it is very similar in nature. Is that you know you gather these people, and here's the crime, and go ahead and try to solve it. It became a theme. At, I remember in high school that people had had parties where there was murder mystery dinners. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of. I don't know if it's even related to this kind of thing, but yeah, I, maybe it was going on well before Clue came out and all that, but that's when I was watching this thing. Murder mystery dinners, they're still a thing that people do. It's, 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 it's usually a, a, an acting troupe of only two or three that play different parts throughout the night, and you buy, you pay your money, you buy your ticket, and you have dinner while this is going on, and yeah. clues get shared throughout the evening, and then yeah. you try to solve and see who's right. Is there a favorite character that people have in this movie? I was thinking about that. Like, more, more so than just favorite line, but, like, is there one character that you're, like, every time this character is on screen or every time this character speaks? I mean, I like, I like Wadsworth. I was going to say, not, yeah. to, be, not yeah. to pick the obvious one, but when he's running around at the end, to make a long story short... Too late. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> I do like... Michael McKean, like every single yeah, time, yeah. something. I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you have blood on your hands. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, he was he was good. I liked him the best. Dennis, do you have a? My, I would probably go with Michael McKean. Yeah. I do like Madeline. Madeline, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just. I hated her 
so much. Flint. Flames, flames flame, flaming, flaming on the side of my face, heaving breath, heavy heave, and then, and then it just cuts right back to Wadsworth continuing the whodunit story. And, you, and you're like watching each person watch her as she's doing this whole thing. They're like, "What? What, <laughs> what are we watching? <laughs> what is she trying to say?" She well, hasn't been in. Has she been in anything lately? She died. She's dead. She did die, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. How long in ago? the ground. A while ago. ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, a few years ago. Wow. I'll say it's like maybe two thousand, two thousand five. Yeah. Oh. Maybe Frankenstein. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> it's interesting what they use the characters to do in this one because Professor Plum. She died in ninety nine. Seems wow. to have a specific purpose. She's fifty seven. No like he's the one that starts the. Is there going to be a cover up? Mm-hmm. Isn't that in the public interest? But is the FBI in the habit of covering up multiple murder? Yes. Why do you think it's run by a man called Hoover? And then he's the other one who starts... He starts the questioning about the top secret job. He's the one that in the end does the, the summation where he goes, so it had nothing to do with Colonel Mustard's work or Mrs. White's missing husband. For some reason, he, and maybe it's because he's the UN guy, they use him to drive all those weird political questions more than once. Okay. I can't. It's interesting how they use different characters to bring out different. Because mm-hmm. I remember around that, mm-hmm. and I can't yeah. figure out why. Why they pick him, but they do. Yeah. Maybe to deflect from Mr. Green. First time I see it, I didn't see Mr. Green as the plant. First time I saw it after that. Don't they usually call people like him fruits? Well, yes. <laughs> Which is another great line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, "I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife." My wife. Yeah. It's all, there's almost too many to choose from. I know, I think... There's one, only, yeah, there's one plus two. I know, so I choose to expose myself. Yeah. Yeah. Please, there are ladies present. Yeah. 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 One plus two plus one. Yeah. Two plus two plus two. No, but it's one. No, but six, it's, either way, there's Either way, it's still one plus two plus two. And then doesn't he shoot the gun, and then he goes... One plus two plus two. Yeah, he starts counting it over again, like... One plus two plus two plus one. So... I'm afraid your moment has come. Not so fast, Miss Scarlet. I do have a secret or two. Oh, yeah, such as? The game's up, Scarlet. There are no more bullets left in that gun. Oh, come on. You don't think I'm going to fall for that old trick. It's not a trick. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh-uh. There was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. Okay, fine. One plus two plus one. Shut up! The point is, there's one bullet left in this gun, and guess who's gonna get it? Oh! I'm only a guest. Where's the chief? Ah, Wadsworth. Well done. I did warn you, my dear. Mr. Hoover is an expert on Armageddon. Wadsworth, don't hate me for trying to shoot you. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. As I was trying to tell you, there are no bullets left in this gun, you see? One plus two. And then I think when we were discussing the movie before we began recording, there was the shouting and, all right, I'm shouting! I'm shouting, I'm shouting, I'm shouting! I'm not shouting! All right, I'm shouting. I'm shouting, I'm shouting, I'm shouting. <laughs> and you know what? And, and I'm very glad that they did cast a, a British actor 
because Brits just get that dry sense of humor mm-hmm. more so than any American actor ever will. And without having that element in the movie, it, it would have lost something. So I would, I would be very shocked to hear that uh, anyone say that, that as they were making the movie, Tim Curry wasn't a source of know-how for other people. Mm-hmm. I do like, there's a part where they're talking to Mrs. White about her husband. And she's talking about how they, you know, had a very, a very public argument with each other. And <laughs> I have that right here. Um, Threatened to kill her in public. Yeah. It's like, um, oh God, where was it? It was, uh, he's a lunatic. He didn't actually seem to like me very much. He had threatened to kill me in public. Why would he want to kill, kill you in public? I think she meant he threatened in public to kill her. Yes. <laughs> and in the same thing, go down a little bit further. And she's like, you, you, you know. Did you did you know that he was dead? Well, I had been out all evening at the movies. Do you miss him? Well, it's a matter of life after death. Now that he's dead, I have a life. But he was your second husband. Your first husband also disappeared. He was that was illusion. his job. He was an illusionist. But he never reappeared. He wasn't a very good illusionist. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there is life after death. Right. <laughs> and it's just the delivery of the lines. I'll have to work a certain way for the whole movie to work. The and the, and, and again, be perfect. that's why I'm so impressed with this this cast of characters that, that they put together for this movie is because they all just seem to understand what they were going for in the creation of this movie. Yeah. Sounds like a confession to me. In fact, the double negative has led to proof positive. I'm afraid you gave yourself away. Are you trying to make me look stupid in front of the other guests? You don't need any help from me, sir. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this one, and and very similar to, like a Mel Brooks movie, or yes, or this is Spinal Tap. I mean, just one where you can you can almost quote every other word that's said in this movie, and it's just as memorable. I mean, they all have a lot of a lot of dialogue. Fade after death? No, just death. Isn't that enough? (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of the dialogue seems to be like side conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, like just little. You mentioned Mel Brooks. I think of Spaceballs. You know, when he's just like. Well, he has the upside of the Schwartz, and I've got the downside. Well, you see, there's two sides to every Schwartz. And he's <laughs> describing it. That happens a lot in this movie. You know, it'll be something like, okay, well, you know, and then there'll be an aside. A little side comment, yeah. Yeah. The hard part of this is the parent thing again is, like Mel Brooks films. Right. Where do you, you know, it's like. There's a lot of double entendre. <laughs> where do you draw the line on, like, because it's, it's so much of it goes over their head. Right. It's not horribly, blatantly vulgar or anything like that. It's just. But the innuendo was. But it's, it's enough, dripping it's with the dripping innuendo. innuendo. So, but it's just. But I mean, like I said, uh, my kids love the film. It's a bit bawdy, perhaps. Because the, there's enough jokes that are there that they're going to love that aren't. So, is it okay? At what age? You know, like what age would you pin this? Uh, there's a question. What age would you let your kid watch this film? It's PG. Oh, I'd say. There's no big swears. Nothing I'd, major. Yeah. Yeah. When? I, I don't I don't, but, I don't but at know. the same time it's I'd a little say, uncomfortable. I'd say between but not bad. between ten and twelve. Okay, so we're right yeah. in line. Then that's where we're. I'd say between between ten and twelve. Because right. like you said, a lot of it a lot of it's going to go over their heads. 12 and 14, 12 and 14, so okay. 12 and three, or eleven um, and thirteen. A lot of it will go over their heads. And even know, what they do get is it's kind of like the, short the rest of it. Joke. It's the rest like, of it's not really gonna, that, gonna, well. The I'm rest gonna, of it's not too different than what they're going to hear in school anyway. I'm going to throw this out there though, just because this is kind of my reoccurring theme. What age would you let them see one of the Rocky movies? 
And because I mean, there you got two guys beating the snot out of each other, and and I'm you know this maybe gets a little bit deep for this time of night, but what what is gonna what is what is gonna do the most damage? What is gonna be, what is gonna do the most damage? I mean, Speaking you of. could you know kids watching two guys just pound the heck out of each other, or you know like someone looking at. A woman's cleavage, or something like that. So was there I, cleavage in this movie? Yeah, I and I think it goes back to you know we're all sitting here kind of going, uh, yeah, and I think I said it in the last podcast, you know that Super Bowl where um, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson, and it was like, oh my gosh, we gotta cover the kids' eyes and all. You know, everyone gets all squeamish when you know it's it's the human body. Yeah, whatever. Okay, done. But are we more tolerant of something where someone's getting like? You know, Interesting. beat down or smacked up, or you know. Well, you know, I mean, there is a lot of physicality in the movie Clue. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Pratt Falls, a lot of the slapstick humor. Yeah. That maybe to the younger audience they'll tune into that, think that's funny, right. and, and they'll miss the they'll the verbal miss the humor. Stuff, yeah. I mean, look at the way yeah. that that Wadsworth treats Mr. Green as he's going through all the explanations, mm-hmm. picking him up, knocking him down, picking him up, knocking him down. Right. And the third time, I think he picks him up and just shoves him down with the elbow. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's done in in a way that's not overly vulgar, or you know, it's mm-hmm. not. Carol Burnett even had you know little things like that on there that I remember seeing as a kid. And you you kind of get like, okay, mom and dad are laughing at that one. I'm not. I wonder what that really means. But you know, you you kind of let it go. There were no questions from your kids about any of the jokes or dialogue? No, they're not going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy! <laughs> or would you just send them to your wife? No. Go ahead, grab your mother. No. They, they, wouldn't ask. They, they won't ask. They won't. Interesting. Well, would you ask your parents? Nope. Hey, what is that joke? What does that one mean? Yeah, fair enough. Well, you know, I'm an what does stepping mean? Yes. What's in flagrante delicto mean? <laughs> well, in this day and age, they just go look it up. Right. Like in flagrante delicto, they would write to Google for that one. You see it popping up in your in your blocked website history. Safe search, safe search. <laughs> in flagrante delicto. That's it. They know more than you think they do. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, there was there anything else about Clue? Any other lines? Favorite quotes? Favorite scenes? Any other movies that were made basically based on a board game? Battleship is about Battleship's the one. I, I was thinking about last, in the last few years. Battleship. Um, Not that big a thing. It's just interesting no. that they let's make a movie. I mean, right it turned out, and ladders. Well, and it turned out okay. I mean, Battleship was pretty terrible. I haven't like, seen it. But I no, think it was bad. I choose not to. Yeah. But I think the the clue one is is more fit for it because it's just basically a it's mystery. Just, yeah. And, well, and even though mystery, even though the story got even though the board game right the board game doesn't have a story to it. No. But it's probably the closest board game to having a story. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just got you got your characters already established. Boom! Everybody knows them. Boom, what would yeah. they be like in real life? So there's a lot of intrigue, you know, like things that put them in Well, and I thought that was kind of clever, too. It's like, well, how do you get these ridiculous names for these people? And it ends up being they, oh, no, 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 don't use your real name. Yeah. For tonight, you are Mrs. White. Mm-hmm. You are Colonel Mustard. Well, I am a colonel, but I'm not, no, 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 no. For tonight, you are Colonel Mustard. So I thought that was kind of clever. Like, how I have you, to be Mr. Brown. That sounds like Mr. Poop. 
<laughs> I want to be a cool name. I want to be Mr. Red. No. Or whatever. Mr. Red's another name on another guy and another job. You're Mr. Brown. <laughs> That's Reservoir Dogs. I'm just making sure I know. <laughs> have you guys, did I mention this last time? Have you guys seen the trailer? Have you seen the trailer for the um, Deadpool movie that's coming out? I have. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then <laughs> it's the scene where he's they've been shooting up this car and he pops out of the he pops out of the sunroof and he goes, Hold on. Some people ask why I wear a red suit. It's so the bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy over here is wearing the brown pants. He had the right idea today. <laughs> and then he hops out and starts shooting. That's funny. Uh, and that's like Clue. <clears throat> right. That's similar to Clue. And They're both movies <laughs> with colors. Well, that's going to do it for Clue. Um, coming up, So this is our last of this month's shows. Um, coming up in October, we will be doing Temple of Doom. A view to, Temple of Doom will actually be our last 1984 movie for the year. The rest will be all 85 movies. Uh, so Temple of Doom, A View to a Kill, James Bond movie, Fletch, and Spies Like Us. So if you have any feedback related to these movies, any comments, feedback, whatever, um, you can either get a hold of us on Twitter, at 30 Podcast. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. You can go directly to our website where our shows are hosted, the30podcast.podbean.com. Uh, or you can give us a call at 87235movie. Um, but those will be the four shows that will be coming up in the next month. So if you've got any comments or any requests or whatever, uh, feel free to get in touch with us and let us know. Otherwise, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. They all did it. But if you want to know who killed Mr. Body, I did. In the hall, with the revolver. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife.